Hello, I'm Dr. Amalia Gondas Malka. Welcome to Womanity Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates women's milestone achievements in their struggle for liberation, self emancipation, human rights, democracy, and much more. Joining us today is Miss South Africa 2022, Indavi Nokieri, who holds a BCom degree in investment management. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on this show. I've done a bit of my research on you, so I know that I'm in the presence of a phenomenal woman. Well, thank you for the compliment. First of all, massive congratulations on winning Miss SA 2022. It's quite a process, and you've come out on top of your game. <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe it. It's been, it's an absolute dream come true. It's been a dream of mine for a while. I have spoken about it so much and I would say I'm going to be Miss South Africa 2022. So it's just so crazy every time it's saying Miss South Africa 2022. Um, because for me, it's like, oh my goodness, we had a goal and we achieved it. <laughs> it sounds like there was a lot of intention put out mm. there into the universe. Mm to come back. So please walk us through your journey. Yeah. So my journey to Miss South Africa began actually in 2020. So that was the year that I decided that I would enter in 2022. And the reason why I did that was because after looking up the pageant and what it's about, I realized that if I'm going to have such a big platform, I wanted to ensure that I am well established, I'm very self-aware. And for me, that also looked like educating myself. So I wanted to ensure that I have my degree, which I obtained at the beginning of this year. Um, and so that's where the journey began. I worked towards it. And yeah, I think for me, also an important part of my preparation was really to become a woman that I would consider to be worthy of the title so that whether I did end up entering or not, I would have still become that woman um, who's able to lead, to stand up, to give back to her community. And now here we are. <laughs> here we are indeed. And mm -hmm. Definitely take this role and responsibilities very seriously. I'm mean, investing in two years of your time prior mm. to going forward and deciding that this is the year that you're going to participate. Yeah. How has it changed your life so far? It's been an absolute 360. Every single thing has changed. Um, if you know me, you know that I come from a village in Gabaza, which is a small village in Limpopo. And so life there versus my life right now are two completely different things. You know, when you're in Gabaza, you are not exposed to a lot of things. You're not exposed to a lot of people. And so even the fact that I had the dream, I only got the dream so late because it was the first time that I got exposed to it. So back in the village, I didn't even have this kind of a dream because it's not something you see in that environment. You know, you don't see someone there saying I am Miss South Africa or even I am a lawyer. You know, it's the smallest things. And so for me, it's been the biggest change to my life, but it's absolutely beautiful. The journey has been absolutely incredible. The fact that my voice is recognized in so many um, spaces that I consider to be important is absolutely something that I really value in the journey and one of the biggest changes that for me I truly do appreciate. And you must be somewhat of a, a shero in your community. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that was a big part for me as well with the journey, because I remember that when I was in the village or, um, you know, growing up, I couldn't dream like this because I wasn't seeing it being done. And so when I started to dream on the days that it would get tough, because obviously it's not a smooth journey, on the days that it would get tough, I would remember that little girl and how many other little girls are out there who may think the same. And so I wanted it to become easier for them because one of the biggest things that stop us from chasing our dreams is really not seeing that representation, not seeing it being done. And so that really pushed me. And yeah, you do see that a lot of girls see me as the Shiro. And it's something that I actually worked for. And taking on that idea of becoming a role model and for girls and women, and also being this brand ambassador for South Africa, and to a certain extent, the continent. Yeah. How do you feel taking on that role and that responsibility of being a role model? It's huge, you know, it's, it comes with a lot of pressure to know that so many people are looking up to you, especially at such a young age. But at the same time, it's a huge honor to be recognized for all the efforts that you've been putting in. I remember even before Miss South Africa, one question that I'd always ask myself is, if the whole country lived the way that you do, um, what kind of country would you live in, you know? And so when I, that would really inform a lot of my decisions, if it was obviously like a negative outcome in that thought, then I wouldn't pursue that type of a thing. So just being recognized and given the platform to do that at a bigger scale, to lead at a bigger scale is absolutely phenomenal. And on the flip side of that question, who would you say are some of your role models? You know, I really struggle to answer this question because um, normally people have like this one role model that they look up to, you know, the one to do things like the person does. But for me, it changes with seasons and because my dreams also change. The more I achieve, the more I realize I can achieve. But my first role model was definitely my mother. I think every little girl's first role model is her mother. And I say this because one thing about my mother is that she is someone who's very soft, you know, at heart, soft-spoken but the moment that she opens her mouth you will listen because she speaks with so much passion and conviction and that is exactly what I think I have become as well just you know looking at her I'm not someone who's very loud but I want to ensure that the time and the moment that I speak that I can capture people's hearts and I think also another role model for me would be someone who's also walked this journey and that would be Basitana Kumalo and I think for me something that stands out with her is how she uses one opportunity to just you know know create a whole life for herself you know she built from the one thing and there's just something admirable about that to be able to multiply one opportunity to set you up for the rest of your life and I think that is a wonderful theme that we see and even in your own words when you were talking about the fact that once you've achieved something you've done it you've realized you can dream and achieve something bigger and just keep rising keep snowballing through things yeah, absolutely. I have to say, I'm very glad we're having this conversation now because when I've chatted to your predecessors and I've asked mm-hmm. them about, you know, what, what are you planning to do with your community project? And everything has been quite hush-hush because <laughs> it's been too early to do the reveal. Yeah. But yeah. we can say and we can talk about your yeah. project because I know you're advocating for uh, education equity and you recently launched your ed unite campaign so Mm. first of all please tell us why is education so important to you 
Um, for me, my education is so important because firstly, my parents always emphasize that you need to do well in your education. And at first, you don't realize why it's important as a child. You just go, you do your homework, you do your assignments, and you dread the process even. Um, but now when I look back, I realize how many more opportunities were opened up to me because of my education. I was actually the first in my family to obtain a university degree. And so now when I look and I compare the trajectory of my life versus that of my siblings, um, who unfortunately at the time my father couldn't always support us in the sense of going to schools where we get a quality education. And there's just already within my family that difference of what can you do being educated. And so for me, just seeing that there's that difference and that imbalance and the fact that your, your education really unlocks so many opportunities makes it so important to me. Um, but also looking at where I come from outside of my family, you know, I come from a village and I've seen the quality of the education that they were getting versus the ones that I got. And even that shaped our lives to be completely different. Even though we stayed in the same environment, we played together, but simply because of the hours that we spent in the different schools and the things that we were being fed in school, our lives look completely different. So that's why I'm so passionate about it. You know, when you talk about that, a couple of weeks ago, we had an interview with Dr. Daneo Chabalalo in a view of, of breast cancer awareness. And mm. she said when she was growing up, she said, I grew up, you know, we, we're peers. But what you choose to invest your time in, what you choose to educate yourself in, she said, today, I'm a doctor, I'm an oncologist, and mm. I've left people behind. So mm. these decisions are so incredibly important because they really do set the stage for life. Absolutely, they really do. And one of the things that I also realized is that when you're educated, you are able to see the inequities in your society. Because I think when um, people are poor because of a lack of education, they don't even realize that they're poor. For a very long time, you don't even realize the things that you're missing out on simply because you're poor. And so I, I really value education because it also breaks that poverty cycle. It allows people to rewrite their stories because a lot of the times it's like if you're born in this village, then you are probably going to have the very same life and the opportunities that your parents had and the cycle just goes on. But the one thing that can really just disrupt that process is really being educated. And when we talk about village life, often women, unfortunately, bear the brunt of the labor, the, the chores, and they mm. don't reap the benefits of education. Yeah, I think a lot of the things that we also see with women is that if you also look at the rural areas, the young girl is expected to go home and look at and look after her grandparents. She's expected to look after the younger siblings. And then at some point, it becomes a lot. It's a lot that you're bearing as a young child and also not getting that affirmation of the importance of education. That's why we have a lot of women dropping out of school as well, simply because they are expected to carry so much more duties. So let's talk at Unite. What are some of the objectives of this campaign? 
So the, the one objective right now is to raise 6 million rand um, in the next few months, hopefully by January. And I think for me, the whole point of raising that amount of money is because I want to look at education in a holistic point of view. So it's not just about building uh, classrooms or painting classrooms or giving people tablets, but also looking at the human that is behind the education. You know, I think it's one thing to continue to teach people without creating number one, a sustainable or even conducive environment for them to learn, but also not taking care of their mental health. There are so many things that affect our youth and their success academically besides the, the things that they're learning in their textbook. So that's what I want to do. I want to look at it in a broader picture where we look at everything that affects the learner as well as the teacher. Because if the teachers are not equipped with the tools that they need, with the knowledge that they need, then we are literally setting ourselves up for failure especially in that educational environment. So with that, six million rand, it's mm. quite a big number. <laughs> How are you going about achieving it? Is it through donations? Is it through partnerships? So it is quite a big number, but after the first announcement, we already have raised 600,000 rand. So we are 10% up. And so that's quite exciting to see that people are really willing to just partner with us and to really change the educational landscape in our country. But the main focus is really to partner up with corporates. A lot of corporates have the CSI goals that they have. And I think that is a very good space for us to plug in. We've also partnered with the Adopt a School Foundation, which will essentially help us to identify these schools. Um, they've been working with schools across South Africa and Africa itself. So we'll have a bigger reach for the schools that we can actually have access to, whether they need um, textbooks, whether they need us to rebuild, you know, um, toilets. It's all these things that we'll be looking at. And so we are looking forward to getting more partners because obviously it is a big goal and we cannot do it alone. But mostly the corporates, I think that's where we'll be able to reach our goals. So what's your message to corporates to participate? What's that key mm. to action, mm. your, your elevator pitch? <laughs> Well, I think, especially if we're looking at corporates, one thing that I always say is that poverty affects us all. And I speak of poverty when I speak of lack of education interchangeably, because I do believe that with a lack of education, there's a, the chance of remaining poor is so much higher. And when we continue to have the poor side of the society, we are all actually being affected by it. You know, at the end of the day, it comes back to us. When the crime rates go up, it, it comes back to us. It's affecting us as a country. When the teenage pregnancies go up, it comes back to us as a country. So I would say that even in a corporate space, um, not only are there benefits for them as corporates, but to know that you have served for your country, I think that in itself already is beneficial and is fulfilling um, from my side. Well, we wish you all the best of luck in driving ahead with this campaign because it is so critically important to the people, to the country, to the economy and to our mm. role in the world. Absolutely. And South Africa is one of the most amazing resourceful countries. So I think if we can just fix the small societal inequities, there's so much more that we can do as a country. Well said.
You're listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity, and today we're talking to Miss South Africa 2022, Indavi Nokieri. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. So Ed Unite is really an instrumental campaign for you during your reign. How else yeah. do you plan to use the Miss South Africa platform? Um, so as I briefly mentioned earlier on, I think the platform really gives you this space to have connections to people that you never would have had access to. And truly, it's a launch pad to the rest of your future because the brands I'm able to work with now, it's I'm trying to establish future relationships. I'm trying to establish relationships that will last forever. And that's what I want to do with the platform. But also in the aspect of giving hope, as someone who comes from humble beginnings, I think just myself being in this position Position is very inspirational to um, people who may have disqualified themselves from achieving certain things. And so that's what I really do want from this platform. And to give back in 2019, when I did my uh, the one local pageant, where I was able to see that this platform builds confidence, number one, it builds a confidence because it takes a lot for you to stand up and speak and address a nation. And secondly, it gives you a platform to give back to the community and that's when I truly realized that this is a space that I want to be in because I'll be able to do that at a national level. Two of the things that you mentioned have often been spoken about as let's say fundamental areas that women are generally weak in. One in mm. terms of self-awareness and confidence mm. and mm. secondly this aspect of networking and driving yes. those networks into fruitful outcomes. Yes. So it's great that you are developing those elements. Thank you so much. Staying with that theme of networking, in a few months' time, you're off to compete on the global stage mm. in the yes. Universe event, which I think is in, in New Orleans, is that right, in America? New yes. Orleans, Yes. And I believe there's between 80 to 100 countries that send uh, contestants to Miss Universe. It's a worldwide <laughs> gathering of intelligent women who are all pursuing, I think it's a great sort of three Ps, personal, professional and philanthropic goals that are driving yeah. change in their communities. Yeah. How do you feel representing South Africa on such a global stage? It is such an honor. Like, I, I actually can't believe that I'm entrusted with such a huge task. And for me, I've always wanted to represent South Africa internationally. I just didn't know for what that would be because I used to do a lot of sports. So when I was younger, I thought maybe as an athlete or as a sports star, I'd be able to represent my country internationally. But now I get to do that as an individual. And I think for me, what is so beautiful is that I get to represent the beauty of South Africa. You know, we come from a country that is is rich in culture. Environmentally, it's beautiful. The people, the Ubuntu that you find in this place is incredible. And so just being able to represent that, I want to ensure that people can see that in my entire journey. So I'm super excited to, to be the representative of such an amazing country. You know, we spoke to Lalela, your predecessor, about her experiences. And she said at mm. her time, the big theme was all about climate change. And just mm. this focal point that 80 to 100 intelligent minds were all 
drawn in on this challenge and how yeah. they were going to try and take solutions and work them back home. I'm curious to know what else besides hopefully coming back with the crown you plan to take away. <laughs> You know, I love that you touch on the fact that there is a focal point when you when you do get to the pageant and to think that so many women have their hearts, their determination and commitment to ensure that they bring a change on that specific topic, which highlights for me another importance of a space such as the pageant role, because we really do focus on, um, you know, making a change wherever we come from in all these different countries. At the end of the day, it's women who are like-minded that come together for something of significance to them. Um, But for me, besides the crown, which hopefully we will be able to bring back to South Africa, um, I really do look forward to building the sisterhood and with the women that are like-minded, you know, women who know that the world is in their hands or um, must I rather say the universe is in their hands (laughs) and to really make my country proud and to leave a mark. I know when I witnessed Zosibini walk the stage off Miss Universe in 2019 as a young woman I was so inspired by just seeing her own her space you know just seeing her not um, shrink herself because we tend to shrink ourselves as women and we don't realize that when we allow ourselves to shine we let other people also shine their lights and so when I watched her do that I think it's one of the pivotal things that have brought me to this position today to also be able to say that I am now also going to Miss Universe but it obviously goes beyond Miss Universe you know shining your light doesn't have to be on a stage but just being able to be present and give your all in every single space, whatever aspect of life that you find yourself in. So for me, that would be the impact that I'd love to make for other women to see me and to see that it is possible for them. That's such a great positive message. (laughs) I'm going to go back into the education stream because we are great believers of education as a tool of empowerment, particularly in the hands of women on this program. You're a BCom investment management graduate. You're also an advocate for education. And Mm. to quote Malcolm X, education is the passport to the future for tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it today. Mm. Please tell us more about your views of education, especially Mm. in the hands of women to help them achieve equality. Yeah. So one of my favorite um, quotes about education, I love the one that you just quoted. One of the ones that I always use as well is um, education is the most powerful weapon that you can use to change the world. And that is by Nelson Mandela, which is so true and so profound. And I think sometimes we narrow our minds to thinking that education is, you know, the, the syllabus, but education is really gaining knowledge, becoming aware of what is happening in the world because when you become aware of that you can become a significant role player in your society in your economy or whether it comes to politics and there's a saying that also says educate a man and you get an educated man but you educate a woman and you educate an entire community which is so true because even naturally you know as women we are the ones who bring life into the world 
and women are natural teachers in the way that we live, in the way that we lead. And the only thing that has really kept many men at the top of the food chain is the opportunity that they've always had to become educated, whereas women haven't gotten that education. So I think it's so important that we get more women educated because when they're educated, they are equipped to seize the opportunities um, that are open and available for them. And I'm going to quote one more person in Dalvin <laughs> on this, where I read you said, talent uncultivated is talent loss, a loss mm. that we can no longer afford as a nation. So well said. Thank you. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I say a lot of things and, you know, that that always resonates so much with me um, because I realize that there's so many young people that never get to cultivate their talents. They never get to nurture their talents. And I can just imagine how many lost doctors are out there, how many lost, you know, musicians that we never got to have, you know, lawyers that we never got to have, South Africans that we never got to have simply because they were never given the space to nurture their talents. And like I said, that is such a big loss to our country. Imagine where we would have been. You're right. Imagine where we would be. And it's not too late. Those generations taking place all the time. But if we just draw and cultivate that talent, mm. the world is open to all forms of possibilities. Absolutely. Humanity, Women and Unity as a program is all about gender equality, which is, I'm glad to say, becoming more and more of a global focus. And if yeah. I look at the Sustainable Development Goals, in particular, number five from the United Nations, it's specifically about gender equality. And mm. some of those targets include ending all forms of discrimination against all women and girls everywhere recognizing mm. and valuing unpaid care and domestic work and mm. ensuring women's full and effective participation and equal opportunities for leadership at all levels of decision-making, be it political, economic, and public life. Yeah. So if there was one thing that mm. you would like to change, if you could, to benefit women in the future, what would that yeah. be? I think one of the things would definitely for women to get the recognition that they deserve for the work that they do. Women still in this day and age have to work twice as hard to get the very same recognition. Women are not getting valued for the true worth that they bring to the table. And so for me, if we can have a society or community that recognizes women for the, for the value that they bring, not even for them to give us a foot forward, but rather to just recognize us for the true value that we bring. I think something that we've been seeing as well is that women football, you see more women in football excelling. And I sat down and asked, my asked myself the question, but why is this? And what I saw is that there is support. So the thing is, women are talented. Women have all the, the skills that they need, but there is a lack of support when it comes to the upskilling of women or the support for women. So if we can continue to do that, ensure that we are creating spaces for women to lead, for women to learn, there is so much that we'll see women do. And it's, it's something that we need as a society. You know, if we do not have women representation in the, in the higher levels of decision-making, women will continue to fall behind. You know, women, there will be policies that do not accommodate us as 
as women because there's no one representing us in those crucial decision-making tables. And so for me, that is very important, as well as the safety of women. That's a big thing that I would love to change, to ensure that there is safety for women everywhere that we go, especially in South Africa. We cannot continue to talk about gender-based violence as if it's an ordinary topic to speak of. You know, it's like we become accustomed to saying GBV becomes a normal thing, but it is not normal. It is not normal that women are always living in fear, that trauma that women go through. It is enough and it is time that that stopped. So those are some of the things that I would change specifically for women in this country. You're so right. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps when you talk about GBV because the fact is it is almost becoming normalized and it really cannot be. Mm. No, I agree. One question that I ask all my guests on the show who've made tremendous achievements in their respective fields of expertise is about some of the factors that they feel have contributed to their success. So some people will speak about faith, uh, values, a particular person in their life or hard work, perseverance. From your perspective, what would you say have been some of your key drivers to success? Well, thank you for that. Um, I think for me, as you mentioned, faith, it's like, yes, that is the one of the biggest points for me that have driven my success in every single thing that I do before I do a speech, before I do an interview, before I walk a stage, before I write an exam, before every single important thing, I would always say a prayer. And that will always put me in the space of just being calm and at peace that and knowing that God is with me in that moment. Um, and people always point this out. How are you so calm? before you do this, this, and this. And honestly, that that is the one factor that always helps to get me calm. And I always say that sometimes when, when you have a big event or, you know, a big moment in your life, you can become so nervous. And so it's important to just be able to be calm. And I think that has helped a lot being able to be calm in the biggest moments of my life because then I can think straight, I can think clearly and articulate myself. And another thing is the support that I get from my family. I am so fortunate to have a family that believes in me, even in times that I couldn't believe in myself. They always see something um, that I don't even see in myself. And so just having that kind of support structure, I think it's important for us to surround ourselves with people who will always be there to encourage you. And then thirdly, definitely patience and and perseverance that there have been times when things have been challenging for me as well um, specifically in my educational um, journey you know there was a time where I struggled extremely with mathematics and that for me changed when I changed my mindset so I used to view mathematics as the challenging thing I just cannot do mathematics until there came a point where my friend asked me because I was doing so well and everything else was like why is it that when we come to mathematics you're already upset you are already you feel defeated before you even start to do anything and she made me realize that already my attitude towards um, mathematics was so bad that there was no way that I could receive it in a in a conducive way and so when I changed my mindset I changed how I view it and I took it as an opportunity to learn an opportunity to challenge myself I was able to then do well and excel in that space so I think instead of saying patience and perseverance it would also be changing the mindset and the attitude towards the things that you consider to be obstacles on your path. See them as opportunities for growth. 
thinking about the mindset factor, it really is an important approach because if you view the lens through the eyes of a victor, you're going to see life as a victory. If you view the lens through the eyes of a victim, you know, sorry Mm. for me and Mm. and the world is is falling on my shoulders. Your view on the mathematics, so two points here. One, and again, as, as women and girls, often we'll find this that women perceive themselves to be poor at studying maths. So yes. that's the one challenge. But the second is, how did you change your mindset? Because mm. that's a really important skill. Yeah. And I'm so happy that we're going a bit deeper into this because I realize that my mindset wasn't always that I am poor at mathematics. It is someone who spoke into my life after one test where I didn't do well. And they said, you can't do math. You need to go to mathematics literacy. And so that voice and the fact that I still remember this just shows you how significant words are and how they play to our minds. So that voice spoke to me until a countering voice then came and had the, the, the same effect in a positive way, where she said, but why do you view it like this? You are the smartest person that I know. So I think definitely I had external help, but at the same time, you need to be open to receiving that help and to continue to tell yourself. I think you don't just change your mind in an instance. You have to continue to tell yourself because my friend didn't tell me the next day and the after. I had to remind myself um, continuously that, yes, I am smart. Yes, I can do this. And every time I did it, I have to do that. So it's, it's like building a habit. You have to continue to to do it until it comes naturally. Great skill. And I think it's something that can apply to almost anything. Absolutely. Please, can you tell us a little bit of life before the pageant, of pivotal moments whilst you were growing up? Mm. Um, I think one of the, the most pivotal moments of my life was when I decided to start creating a vision board for myself. And that happened because I meet a lot of people. And I think because I'm very open to building relationships, especially with people that I admire, I ensure that I just, you know, get myself a bit closer to them so I can hear the things that they do to be where they are. And so I met this young girl and she started speaking about how she creates a vision board. She puts up pictures of everything she wants to achieve. And I was like, okay, let's give this a shot. And so when I did that, I I wrote down a vision board and I wrote down on my vision board that, I'm going to be Miss South Africa 2022. And from that moment on, I'd also write down my academic goals that I'm going to get a distinction for this. I was very specific. One thing that has really worked for me is being very specific with my goals because number one, when you reach it, you know you reached it. And when you reach a goal, it is it's motivating to do it again, you know, to, to go harder. Like we said, that snowball effect. And um, for me, ever since I started doing that, everything seemed like it's been falling into place and it holds me accountable. I think that's the most important thing because when you're specific, you know exactly what you need to do to get where you need to get. Because I didn't say I'm going to be in South Africa. If I said that 2022 would come, 2023 would come to end 
there is no accountability towards myself because I didn't, I wasn't specific, but because I did say 2022, there was no turning back for me. And a funny story is that when I was, I was working for an asset management firm before I entered the pageant. And when I was in the top 30, they told us that they needed us to be in Johannesburg for two weeks. And so I needed to let my employer know. And unfortunately, because I was still new, they could not give me two weeks off. And these two weeks were going to be needed in case I'm in the top 10. And so now this is not certain, but I need to make the decision before. And, you know, I spoke to my parents, I weighed my options and I decided that, you know, this is something that I said I'm going to do. This is where the specific goal comes in again. I'm reminded, you said 2022, no matter what the obstacles are. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to trust the process. I'm leaving my job and I'm hoping that I'm going to be in the top 10. And so I left my job in hope and prayer as well and holding myself accountable to what I said I would do. And I happen to be in the top 10. Fast forward to Miss South Africa 2022. <laughs> Don't worry, they will be knocking on your door now. <laughs> And lastly, as we close out our conversation today, please, can you use this platform to share a few words of inspiration or wisdom with girls and women on the continent? Mm. Oh, wow. I can't believe we're already at the end. I wish we could continue and just speak the whole day. It's been such a lovely conversation. But um, what I would like to say to inspire women out there is that the difference um, between where I am today and where I was, was taking the steps towards where I want to be. Because a lot of times we speak about the dreams that we have. We speak about you know, what we want to be one day. And one day just seems like such a far, far away place that we can't even connect to. And so for me, the thing that changed everything was taking the steps towards what I said I was going to do. Um, I think it's important to put into action what you say you're going to do. So whatever your dreams are, whatever your aspirations are, they are not going to make themselves happen. There's no one who's going to come knocking on your door and say, today's the day that you start with whatever you want to achieve. So take it upon yourself, have the discipline, have the internal push and determination to make the things happen because you are the only one who can do that for yourself. What a great message. It's been (laughs) such a pleasure having you on the show, your intentionality if if that is, if that is a word uh, your <laughs> visions of putting things out there being incredibly specific driving mm. forward with your ambitions to materialize your goals so thank you very much for joining us today Thank you so much for having me. You are so incredible. Um, I've really been sitting here and admiring you, the way you prompt your questions. You're so educated and it's just been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you for the compliment and thank you for being part (laughs) of the Womanity Network. And we wish you all the very best as you move on to the subsequent pageants and for the duration of your reign and in particular on your EduNight campaign. Take care. You have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity, and we have been talking to Miss South Africa 2022, Indavi Nokieri.